Welcome to the X29 Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Metters. Welcome again to the X29 Podcast. I am your host, Jeff Metters, and we have on today's show, Dr. Dwayne Bond. Dwayne, how are you, brother? Hey, doing well, Jeff. Doing well. Good to see you, brother. It's good to see you, man. It's it's good to have you on on the show again and talking about counseling. And I'm looking forward to hearing from you uh, at our North American conference coming up in a couple of weeks, which, guys, if you haven't signed up for that and haven't got your team signed up, you can still do that. There is still time and you can book your hotel room and we would love to see you there. And Dwayne's going to be talking about healthy relationships uh, there at the X29 North American conference. So I can't wait to hear that. But today we're going to be talking about uh, something that's near and dear to Dwayne and, and to myself. I and mean, Dwayne is trained in this, is a professional in this, on in counseling, uh, biblical counseling, pastoral counseling. But before we get into the topic, brother, mm-hmm. uh, we're starting a new uh, segment, a new part of the podcast, and where we want uh, listeners to send in questions. And so we've had a lot come in. Uh, through uh, Facebook and through the email. So guys, you can email podcast at acts29.com and we'll feature your questions here on the show. And so send them in and we'd love to hear from you. So we got another one from Rob Rash. I think this is a really good question. I think a really important, um, really important question that also connects to today's topic. So Dwayne, Rob asks, how do you fight against isolation? That's the first thing. And depression, secondly, during the, the planting process. And we could say, I mean, we could expand that just as being a pastor in general, but how, how would you counsel and, and answer Rob here? Well, well I, I'm, I'm sorry. Sorry. It's happening. Um, one of the things I just recently talked to my wife about is just being a pastor's wife and her feeling isolated at times, not being able to, to really be included in the in crowd within the church and, um, and somewhat having only their, the relationships, um, personal relationships to her are only with women in our church because of the amount of time it takes to do it. Um, so as far as um, a pastor, I'm, I'm incredibly sympathetic to that. I experience it at times myself because you, you know, you don't find yourself isolated on an island. You have friends, but you still feel isolated from your church. You still feel isolated from uh, maybe Christians in your, your city um, I, th- I think the fight is really acknowledging that it does exist. Um, you have to start with, hey, look, I am isolated, uh, waving the white flag. You know, people are isolated even within an Acts 29. So, so how can I begin to now force myself to reach out to people and, and to get lunch with people, get coffee, at least let, let your request be made known, right? So right now throughout the region, um, throughout the country, we have pastoral care pastors who That's love right. guys who are struggling with isolation because they want to befriend them and love them and care for them and spend time with them and walk through books with them and pray with them and encourage them. So, so I would say fighting through that is first of all acknowledging it. Second of all, looking at who's around you. Are you isolated from your church? Are you isolated from your wife? Are you isolated from other men within the city? Are you isolated within Acts 29? There, there are many men who don't take advantage of the resources that we have available in Acts 29. Yeah. Uh, every pastor in Acts 29 has an area that they can begin to participate in, go to lunch with guys, get to know guys. If that doesn't help, 
call you a pastor or care pastor and and say, hey, look, I'm in the Northeast. Who's my guy? Okay, call Chris Morin. Who's my guy in the West? Call Sam Duke. Uh, who's the guy in South Central? Call Adam Starr. You know what I'm saying? And on and on and on. So I would say that's, first of all, um, that that's kind of my thought related to isolation. And then depression's a whole nother conversation. Um, it really depends on your propensity towards depression. Is that something that you've been dealing with all your life or is that something that is just coming seasonal? Is that just something uh, that's happening because people are leaving the church or not? The church is not growing as fast as you anticipated it growing. Um, is it because, you know, you've gotten a beef with somebody at your church or you're not getting along or, you know, just like where is the the depression coming from? And then I would say, um, you know, wave a wave a white flag and just say, hey, look, I, I'm struggling and I need some help. Talking into your area lead, um, talking to your regional director, talk to your pastoral care guy. And um, but I would say too, bathing your heart in the scriptures, um, in the Psalms. Um, yeah. You know, depression oftentimes, and I think I've told you this before, Jeff. Is like it's like being in the in a in the, the in the deep sea, <laughs> and it's dark, and you got one mm. pat, you got one oar, and you're out there by yourself trying to navigate through that. I think sometimes just waving the white flag, telling somebody that, hey, man, I'm struggling. Uh, I'm discouraged. I'm depressed. I'm tired. I'm lonely. I think sometimes that helps. Um, but, you know, reading the scriptures, trying to reengage with Jesus, uh, trying to see our hope that we have in Christ, laying hold of the promises of God, um, just rehearsing the scriptures, letting the scriptures pour over you, even if you can't connect to God in the midst of your depressive state, um, letting the Bible read to you, getting a Bible app that reads to you and just sit there and read and let it, let it just pour over you, bathe over you. Uh, but it's nothing like people. So reaching out to somebody that you know and saying, look, bro, I'm struggling with depression. And even if it's a wife on the line listening, hey, I'm struggling with depression. Can I get some help? Mm-hmm. And then we'll line you up with a, with a biblical counselor, someone that can help support you. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's so helpful. I, it's like these two things, isolation can also exacerbate the depression mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. depression can also like continue, um, want to continue that isolation where you want to withdraw. And mm-hmm. so to really, I think it, I think the word fight is so good that you've got to fight and force yourself to do the thing, you know, you should do, but even though you don't want to do it, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like you don't like in the pit, you don't want to tell anybody you're in a pit. But that's exactly what we need to do. That's exactly what you need. Yeah, I've been in a fetal position at times in my life and just yeah. a little discouraged, just feeling despair. And, um, and I tell you, I just, you know, you just hear a message or something. You could just sense the Lord speaking to you and you just kind of get the courage to say, hey, look, I'm struggling. Um, and, and somebody's able to kind of throw a lifeline to you and help you at least grab hold of it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, and again, I know there are people out there all over the place, just really discouraged. And I would just want to say, don't give up hope fight. And, um, if you don't have fight in you, um, let somebody know that they can fight for you. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I, yeah. If I could give any like advice to guys that, because I've been there, you know, Dwayne's been there and, 
the fight before. So when you get in it, there are things that you can do well beforehand or things you can keep doing to ward off getting isolated. Um, first I would say is that to be honest, when you're in those pockets of community, because I've known too many leaders and, you know, when I was a pastor, I knew too many church members who could be in a small group every week. And yet they have massive um, upheaval internally in their life that they're not telling anybody about. And so, so brothers, sisters, to sit with a trusted friend, a, a trusted co-pastor, a, a trusted pastor in your city, another X29 guy, maybe in your area or, or in your cohort, uh, maybe it's one of our pastoral care providers, and to sit with them and just honestly walk in the light with where you're at um, so they can encourage you and bear, bear that burden with you um, to really do that. And then just like super simple for me, I, I know that if I'm bad with exercise and, and eating healthy, those things just begin to grow. Um, a dip in the emotional state will come on for me. If I'm not regularly getting my body moving and sweating, um, and man, I think, uh, peanut oil and white flour and sugar are just the Trinity for getting you into not feeling great. <laughs> you did not say peanut oil. <laughs> Fried foods, white flour and sugar. Oh man, oh, they're all man. wonderful. Don't go to McDonald's. Uh, Don't go to McDonald's, please. No. Don't go to McDonald's. That's peanut no. oil. Yeah, so it's like like eating healthy, eating clean, um, and not eating like garbage every meal, and just simple, even just going for a walk. Yeah, um, yeah. It's just so, it's been so helpful to me personally and listening to good worship music. I mean, you know, simple things like that are just so profound um, to the emotional, spiritual state. I like that when you said um, fighting is good because I think fighting keeps us from pretending and performing. And I think, I think you, you could be in a small group and you could be in a church, you could be on a staff and be really struggling with isolation and depression because you have given in to pretending and performing. Um, and again, everybody wants to keep their job, but I think sometimes just saying, hey, look, let me take a risk and say, look, I'm struggling. You know, um, but the challenge is sometimes you say you're struggling and then people are ready to put you on a forced sabbatical and next thing you know, you're looking for a job. So it's, it's a catch-22, you know, it just, but I think, you know, finding trusted friends um, they could be around you and support you. I think it's helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Really lean into our pastoral care guys in here in Acts 29, uh, go to them, um, use them. They're there. They love you. They care about you. They want to meet with you and talk with you. So really, really, um, reach out to these brothers. Um, if you're feeling isolated, um, you're feeling depressed, um, fight before fight in the middle and, and we'll fight with you. Um, Mm. also, so that's, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Well, Dwayne, um, we wanted to bring you on the show today to kind of connect it to talk about counseling. And so obviously you, you've been trained, um, in counseling, you have a doctorate in counseling, you've written tons of stuff on counseling. Um, you are on the board of directors for the biblical counseling coalition. You're our director of pastoral care for X 29. And you do a lot of counseling there. Uh, at Wellspring Church in Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, where you're at, and you just you're a great brother to sit with um, and give counsel. I've gone to, to you for counsel. I've poured my heart out to you. You've you've been a blessing to me. But I know I thought about um, when I was a pastor. You know, for ten years, there are so many situations that come up where you think, "Man, I 
I don't know if I can counsel this person or I don't know if I have the skills. I don't know if I have the ability um, to counsel them and help them for what they need. And so sometimes sometimes pastors feel ashamed for not outsourcing, um, feeling like they got to help somebody who maybe they're bipolar or, or whatever their um, condition may be, that they feel like, no, I should be able to help them. But I, I think it's wise for guys to consider outsourcing. And so we want to talk about outsourcing counseling today. So, so Dwayne, what are some of the factors um, that our pastors and planters should consider when they're thinking about outsourcing, um, referring uh, for counseling? That's a really good question, Jeff. Um, I would say, first of all, um, I'm just grateful that the pastors get a chance to do public ministry, but also are committed to personal ministry as well. And um, and I would say for the pastor who is considering creating a culture in the church where um, people can be counseled internally, you know, start with yourself by not avoiding it. Um, you don't have to necessarily do all the counseling, but just definitely don't avoid it. Um, and then number two, figure out whether you're going to be, uh, whether the culture of your church is going to be biblical counseling or whether it's more integration, right? Because that'll determine who you outsource to. Um, because if you're committed to biblical counseling, you're going to want to outsource to other biblical counselors if that's the culture of your church. Um, but if you're more integrationist, meaning integrating between Bible and psychology, then you are uh, going to look for those type of organizations to to do it. So I would say just at least start with that in mind. Um, I, I say um, sometimes our churches lack the resources to be able to help people. All right. So there, there are some things that we do well. There are some things that we don't do well. And I think acknowledging that, okay, this is our pocket. This is what we do well in. This is the type of people that God brings. These are the type of the people that God, that we, that God uses us to bless. But this other group, is is not something that we we know how to deal with and then being willing to outsource to that to other organizations um sometimes if people need need or can be served by a specialist i think that's a opportunity for us to consider outsourcing um for instance if somebody is struggling with severe trauma or somebody is struggling with uh, obsessive compulsive disorder, and you do not have someone in your church that biblically can walk somebody through obsessive compulsive disorder. Um, but again, things like severe trauma, that that's a little bit more, they, they need a little, maybe a little bit more support. Again, it depends on the, the skill set of people at your church. Um, I think sometimes if there are ethical uh, threats within uh, your church, uh, for instance, there are no male counselors, um, but yet um, men have porn challenges. Um, you don't want to link a, a man with a porn challenge with a with a female counselor. Um, for both of their good, um, and then also maybe there are no female counselors, but then there are some women in the church who are struggling with infertility or sexual abuse issues. Uh, you definitely want to consider outsourcing. Um, sometimes present risk or temptation, um, you know, sometimes, I mean, I, I remember counseling very clearly and, uh, I was counseling a woman, um, my pastor knew that I was counseling them, her and, you know, she, she came in one 
one session and mentioned that she had had a dream about me and, and she had kissed me and instantly I ended the session and you know for the sake of her um, health and my health I, I asked that, that she get a referral um, and, and get help elsewhere um, if a client is not benefiting um, and resources within a church has been ex- have been exhausted um, then it's a great time to look for outside help. Um, you know, if, if continuing counseling within a church would hinder either the person or the counselor, you can consider referring uh, that the case as well. Uh, things like an intensive and psychiatric care oftentimes is needed. Uh, there's somebody who's just completely full-blown psychotic and, and they need help. They, they need an outsource to maybe a behavioral health uh, organization that can both prescribe medication, but also engage self-restraining uh, devices and things that can help people kind of gain some sense of control. Um, if there's a possibility of danger or self-harm, and again, I think this is where the church sometimes moves too slow and, um, right. you, know, we, you know, we can't stop anybody from doing self-harm, but I think if we can, once we see it, if we can then work with that person and that family to help get that person uh, assigned to to an outside organization that can help, or even call 911 and and try to get that person some help, I think think those things are incredibly helpful, and I don't think the church should take on things that they can't necessarily um, handle. And, you know, our church is blessed. We're small, but we're blessed with uh, experienced social worker. Um, we have a, a team of lay counselors who who actually um, serve within the church. Um, but but I would say also, Jeff, um, if a person can't function um, and there are limited resources within the church, I think getting people to the point where they can function and thrive is helpful. Um, you know, um, if, if, if you're counseling a person struggling with depression and they can't care well for themselves, um, no matter how often you go over there to counsel them or bring them into the church to counsel, they need additional resources. And I think we need to be looking for those things. Um, I've, I know many churches that work with addicts, um, but sometimes an addict needs a medical detox. And right. so we have to find an inpatient treatment center that can help support them in that. And so I think, I think we need to kind of know what our limits are, but not at the same time, not be afraid to go deep with people. But we always have to be discerning and say, Hey, look, you know, I'm at the end of my resources. I can't, you know, we, we, we just can't help. But, but sometimes pride hinders yeah. people from coming to that realization. Yeah. That's um, good. So, yeah, yeah, like I think I think guys just need to hear from you and, and me today that it's okay for you to not have the resources to serve uh, the, these these kinds of situations. That you know, like you're you've been gifted by the Holy Spirit to be a a shepherd of souls, a teacher of God's word, a a leader, um, but not you may not have the gifts and the talents and the intelligence and the training for these kinds of situations that are just beyond us. And I think that's okay. 
um, that, you know, we aren't Jesus. We, we can't be the Messiah for the Savior for everybody's situations. And so I'm sure like guys are out there thinking, okay, well, how do I refer? How do we even know what to do? Who do I send them to? Here's what I would recommend. And Dwayne, if you got anything else to add on or correct me if I'm wrong, but maybe one easy, simple step for guys is reach out to the pastor of a larger church in your area. And I guarantee you they're, they're referring people somewhere. Um, they either have somebody in house or they can tell you, Hey, this is a really good biblical counselor. That's how we found a lot of people here in the Houston area where I reached out to uh, larger churches nearby that were like-minded and asked them, what are you guys doing for counseling? Cause we got some that are beyond our situation, um, beyond what we, beyond what we can do. And they gave us referrals for great biblical counselors. And so that's one easy, do you have any other recommendations or any other things? Yeah. 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 The guys can call us. Um, they can call us. And again, I don't want to be a one-stop shop, but, but guys can call us cause I know people throughout the country and we're also, you know, we have a list of counselors and organizations that we, recommend for actually on pastors to consider um that's a growing list that's not a it's not a static list it's an evolving list but but also the biblical counseling coalition is a great organization where you can reach out and see if there's a counselor in your area that you can actually know that they are doing biblical counseling do, doing biblical counseling um i think too often we have um we have relegated the soul care and spiritual direction, encouragement of people to secular organizations. And again, I'm not one yeah. who pushed back against all secular organizations because there's someone who's very good at what they do. But I think that I think that we have to consider trying to create a culture within our church where people are being cared for. Just like X29, we're trying to create a culture within X29 where care is taking place. Um, but asking those organizations, Biblical Counseling Coalition, um, Pastoral Care here in Acts 29, and then also, like you said, going to large churches that may, if they do biblical counseling, they may have a host of biblical counselors, even in that church, who could do some work um, pro bono or either could, could put us in contact with other but the, the, the point is just get some help, you know, have three or four organizations in your back pocket. Uh, don't try to do everything. You cannot do everything. Um, you know, as a pastor, we were called to be a social worker, a lawyer, a doctor and all these things. But don't buy into that if you're not skilled at knowing how to help people in that area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like I remember, I'll give an example. I remember being a lead pastor and there was a woman in the church who went through a very uh, traumatic, she had, like, had just experienced a very traumatic uh, thing in her life. Um, and we, I, I knew it was like, I can't, I don't have the knowledge, the skills um, to counsel her in this very traumatic um, abuse. Um, I can encourage her. We, uh, all the elders and elders wives, I mean, we can do what we can, but we need to refer her. Um, and it was one of the best decisions we made because we're not able, I'm I'm not trained for that. Um, so yeah, we we don't want to go over the line and go like outsourcing every counseling situation. Um, because some of them, you know, people just need to 
walk in the light with somebody. They need to have somebody listening. They, they, they need to be encouraged and exhorted from the word. Um, you know, some, they need some marriage help, some advice, some counsel. Um, but then these others, we need to, we need to be willing to outsource. Yeah. Um, So go ahead. And a referral doesn't mean you forget either. You know what I mean? Like, like we are still, we are still accountable to care for the spiritual needs of people. A referral just means that you have a partner. You have a partner. And I think, I think people need, I think people need a team around them more so than one or two individuals. You know what I mean? So if that person has a great small group leader, um, has somebody that can be mentored and poured into within the church and has a, have another organization that's a part of their care and development. I think that's a great team. Um, I know a lot of our pastors minister to homeless people and, um, and a small church can't handle the, the weight and the depth yeah. of the needs within a homeless person. You need a team of people that can help support. We had a, community day or uh, event here at our church and a homeless person came and by God's grace accepted Christ as savior. And, and, uh, but we had a social worker present who made calls and got that person potential housing. Um, got bags of groceries together, you know, met, you know, met the needs that we can, but, but they need a comprehensive game plan and team to be able to help. And sometimes we just need, we need that that go to group that can help us get that get that done. Yeah, yeah, man, that's that's so good. It goes back to the same thing. Like we, no pastor. I, I just want every pastor to be liberated from the illusion that you have to be the the help of all things. Um, that we are not omnicompetent, and and our churches are not uh, omnicompetent either. That's a word. Uh, I'm gonna yeah. write that down. Omnicompetent. Yeah. There we go. Oh, well, Dwayne, um, what's, what's the best way to tell? So, so let's on the other side now from the pastor, let's say, what's the best way to tell somebody that you, that you can't help them. Um, that you're going to have to get a referral. Just how would, how would you coach a guy? And here's how you do it. Yeah. Yeah. I, geez, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's something that we can get around. I think it's just something that we need to say. We need to speak the truth and love to people and help people understand that we are, in their corner, we are for them. Jesus is for them, but their their needs at the time are larger than our capacity to be able to serve them. And so, there's nothing ungodly about that. There's nothing wrong about that. It's just honest. And rather than set people up to be harmed or not be cared for, I think it's best for us to admit that. Um, yeah. So I think just really being kind gracious, thoughtful, um, honest, sincere, um, and just saying, Hey Jeff, um, we love you brother. And we are in your corner and we're going to walk with you, but we need to get an outside organization to help us, uh, support you and meet the needs that you have because they're outside of our scope. Yeah. And, yeah, and I, I love, yeah, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Yeah. I was saying, I love what you said, how that doesn't, you know, that isn't, set us free from like checking in and also caring for them still like to, to tell the person also, that doesn't mean we're hands off now. Like if you're willing, we, I'd still love to meet with you and hear what you're learning hear what God's showing you, um, in your counseling sessions, um, that I'd love to be there for you. Um, maybe I can, I'll drive you to the appointments. 
um, and we can drive back and talk about them um, if, if they're willing. Um, Cause none of that is also a very like private thing. Some of the things that we may talk about with our counselor. And so to have that flexibility um, with, with your uh, church member is also, I think really important too. And even with Jeff, when you make a referral, you can, if you need to um, enact a release of information form, you could, you could sign a release of information. So anything that is shared, you can kind of know about so that you can help, help create a discipleship plan or a, um, a healing plan for the person. Um, um, that, that can be a possibility as well. We've done that as a church as well, just to make sure we stay really looped in with the counseling, particularly if the church is paying for that. Um, right. that's a great way for churches to serve people too. So if you do have to refer somebody that you can't do internally, that the church would actually pay for some of that counseling. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that, that sends a wonderful message. I'm not saying pay for all of it because people sometimes need a little bit of ownership in that process to stay faithful yeah. to it. Um, but, but yeah, church, church can say, yeah, I'll, I'll pay for three sessions. Um, but you know, cause, cause we're at capacity, we can't actually do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good word. I think, you know, if you want, if you know, you're going to be counseling a lot of people and be referring a lot of people and maybe even proactively, you want to enable people on your staff to go have sessions with a counselor, uh, multiple times a year to put, to put that into your budget. And as, and I think you can even have it be part of your uh, care ministry or mercy ministry, uh, member care, something like that to, to really bless and, and serve people in the city. Um, that would, that's, that's a good word. Well, Dwayne, let's say like a pastor wants to, he wants to grow in, in counseling. Um, what are some, a few steps he could do? Maybe there's resources, audio books, um, anything that you would recommend to a guy that who, who wants to grow it in, in counseling? Wow. Well, if he, if he has a heart for counseling or a desire to um, hone that skill, I would say, um, like I said, again, go to the Biblical Counseling Coalition. They have a lot of free articles that you can actually begin to read um, to see if the Lord evokes something in you that maybe want to lead you to maybe a certificate or maybe even going back to school. Uh, at Grimke, we're going to try to do some things uh, within the coming year as it relates to counseling and encouraging um, students. I teach a class at Grimke from time to time on gospel center counseling and gospel conversations. Um, I would say also, um, you know, just, just, just reading just good material. Towson's done some great work. Um, Bob Kellerman has done great work. Um, uh, Garrett Hibby has done great work. Um, just a couple of authors. Um, Ed Welch has done. My guy Paul Tripp has done tremendous amounts of work yeah. uh, in the area yeah. of counseling. So grabbing those books, uh, if you do have a heart for men and you do want to pastor men within our network, uh, reach out to your to your RD and ask who is your pastoral care lead. We love to grab you and and train you if that's your heart uh, to pour into other pastors, but. But I would just say just reading everything that you can get your hand on, um, Biblical Counseling Coalition and some of the authors that I just mentioned are just phenomenal, phenomenal guys. Um, and, and again, just just um, just not being afraid of it. You know, I know in seminary we don't get a lot of training 
as it relates to pastoral counseling. We maybe get one or two courses, um, but you know, but there is so much information out there as it relates to that. Um, but um, but I would say, hey, Paul Tripp, Ed Welch, all those guys, Dave Powson, Bob Kelly, all those guys have great great content. Yeah. Yeah, the great resources, guys. Go check those out. One of my favorite ones lately has been the uh, Journal of Biblical Counseling that gets put up by CCEF. There's some really interesting, really helpful articles uh, in there that pop out and just kind of show you kind of what's going on in the world, what in the world of counseling, what are people talking about, what are issues that these professionals are thinking through. And, and it's it's not a hardcore like academic journal. It's a easy read, um, almost like a collection of blog posts, really. Um, and it's super easy to read for, for, for guys uh, there who are interested in counseling. So go check that out. Well, Dwayne, let's end today's show with our final three questions that we always ask. Okay. What's a great book you've read recently that you want to recommend? Oh my goodness. Wow. There, there's a, there's tons of great books I've, I've read, but, but the one that I'm currently reading now is weakness is the way life of Christ. A strength. J.I. Uh, Packer. J.I. Packer. Yeah. So I need to learn how to be weak and live in my weakness and trust Christ mm-hmm. for my strength. So that's kind of what I'm reading. Um, um, I'm reading a Hebrews commentary right now because I'm in the book okay. of Hebrews. <laughs> but, oh, nice. But, uh, but no, just, just that, that book has been really, really life-giving and I'm looking forward yeah. to going deeper in it. That is one of the like most fun books to preach through. Mm. Oh, did you enjoy it? I did. Oh, it's a blast. And so the way, the way I started the series, um, years ago was my first sermon was, I just read the entire book of Hebrews mm. out loud together to the whole church. Mm. And it took about 40 minutes. I did it in the ESV at the time. I wish I would have done CSB. It's a lot, a lot smoother, but man, Hebrews is a blast. So Hebrews has been a joy to my soul. And, um, this remind me of how much I don't know. And, but also just how much better Jesus is yeah. to all things, you know, just you see it over and over and over again, this idea of better, better, better. I, I mm-hmm. think it's blessing me, bless my church. Yeah. Amen. All right. What's, what's something you do for fun that maybe we'd be surprised by? Do for fun. a garden. I was wondering if you were going to say that. Is it like, this would be the moment Doug would make a, a vegan joke. Um, so I'm not going to do that. Doug Logan. Will. Please don't do that. Please don't do that. So yeah, garden, gardening is kind of my happy place. And, uh, and I just, I just get in there and just, and just enjoy watching things grow, putting things in the ground and watching them come up, come up without complaining or without fussing. <laughs> yeah. It's a very so biblical a, image. Yeah. It's, 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 it's not, you know, it's not super exciting, but, but, also, I'm I'm getting into hiking, which is which is another thing that mm. I'm I'm wanting to do more of. Yeah, when I was in San Diego recently. I, I hiked a trail that was overlooking the water, and I just fell in love with with hiking. Wow! And just is any, there a lot of hiking in Charlotte? You know what? We have these things called greenways, and they're like trails that that are like all boarded, and sometimes they're asphalt. They kind of go under bridges and all kinds of places, but they're, they're pretty substantial. Um, but yeah. you know, so, sometimes, you know, just going up to the mountains, we have this place called Kings mountain where these big, huge mountains. And, um, 
and I'm looking forward to going there. Matter of fact, I saw, found recently that, that North Carolina has tons of waterfalls. Oh, wow. Uh, Georgia has tons of waterfalls. Um, so hopefully I can get into the waterfall game as well. Mm. Don't joke the Waterfall me game. Don't joke me now. Don't joke me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I went on a hike, my like first real hike ever this, this year in, uh, in Denver, in Colorado. And I thought I was going to die. Yeah. The first five minutes was so steep. I thought, Oh man, I don't, I don't know if I'm ready for this, but then I saw all the people coming down the hike and like seeing grandma's making it back down. And I thought, okay. My grandma's. Oh my God. Yeah. It's like if the grandma could make it to the top and make it back down, I'm going to be all right. right. Yes. Yes. It was, it was great, but there's, there's nowhere to go in Houston. I thought I could get into this. Um, I could get into nature, but Houston's nature is not, not exciting. All right. Let's end with this, this question. It's always my favorite question. Um, your, your favorite verse, or, or we've had you on the show before, so maybe we can ask another way, maybe, a, a, either your favorite verse or a verse that is just blessing you, uh, right now you find yourself meditating on and means a lot to you right now from the scriptures. Mm. Wow. That's good. Um, there are tons in Hebrews right now because I'm in Hebrews right now as a, as a sermon series, but I would say Proverbs nineteen twenty. Um, listen to advice and accept instruction that you may gain wisdom in the future. Um, that that's, that's meant, means a lot, you know, given what I do, um, just the weight um, that, that I don't feel because I trust the Holy Spirit to minister to people, but I just, the privilege of being able to give advice to people and, and to encourage people and to instruct people um, to have wisdom is, is just, it's just a joy and it's a privilege. And that verse has sobered me uh, um, countless times in my life because, you know, I just, you know, to be able to pour into people like this, it's just, you know, it's just, it's a privilege, man. Who am I? You know what I mean? I'm, I don't know. I'm no one, you know, but I get a chance to, to get into the souls of people and see things that they can't see about themselves and then help direct them to Christ. It's just, it's an honor and a privilege, man. So that, that, I think that's one of my favorites right now. And I stumbled on that verse recently. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. That's a good word. A good word. Well, Dwayne, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and, and helping us think through these issues and helping us think about counseling and, and brothers, if you need counsel, uh, be sure to reach out to your regional director. You can reach out to Dwayne, reach out to your pastoral care guy in your area, and we would love to serve you and help you in any way that we can. Amen. Well, today's show was edited and produced by Aaron Logan. Show prep and research was done by Renell Panero and Christy Britton. And I'm your host, Jeff Metters. And let's keep planting churches and making disciples until the ends of the earth.